Hey everyone, it's Carol. Welcome back to Hollywood Sports Mom, where we talk about everything, life, fun stuff, like celebrity stories, um, kind of more in-depth emotional stuff, like infertility, cancer, mom struggles, mom victories. Um, but today, my subject, I'm going to admit, is a bit touchy. Um, and, you know, I call it Hollywood Sports Mom. It's Hollywood Sports Mom life and those I met along the way. And this is a story about someone I met along the way, someone who had a great impact on me and sort of changed my view on a really big issue that we all talk about. And that issue is border control. And I want to confess and also sort of admit that when I lived back in New York City for 15, 17 years, I was border clueless. Like I used to spout my opinions left and right and I had no idea what the heck I was talking about until I moved to California. And I want to tell a personal story. It's about a lovely woman I met. Uh, her name was Mariella. And she, when I lived in downtown LA in a high-rise building, she was the housekeeper for the building. And I'd see her every morning and she was just lovely, hardworking. Everyone loves Mariella. And one morning... I casually walked down the lobby. I said, hey, Mariella, good morning. How are you? And the look on her face told me it, things weren't well. And she said, Carol, I'm not good. And I said, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And we sat down and she told me that she had a really rough night. Her 17-year-old son the night before was grazed by a bullet and his best friend was shot. And so the two of them were shot at. Her son only grazed and his friend shot and his best friend died in his arms. I'm not sure what to say at this point. I mean, this is horrific. And she said they were hanging out in Venice, California, in a park. And she said a car came driving by and just started shooting at them for no reason. Well, after I offered my condolences, of course, the first thing that ran through my head was, is this some sort of gang activity? Like who drives by in a car and just randomly shoots at two kids hanging out in a Venice park? But <clears throat> Mariella assured me, she said, Carol, I swear my son swears to me, mom, yeah, up and down, mom, I'm not in a gang. I'm not involved in a gang. So I listened as best as I could, but clearly like anyone would do, I got right to my computer afterwards and I Googled the crime and it, the article ended by saying detectives believe it was gang related. So as months went on, Mariella and I, we became even closer and I'd always ask how her son was doing. And at first he was, he was doing okay. He got a job at a local supermarket. Um, his bosses loved him. Uh, then the next month he was arrested for taking part in a robbery of sorts. And, but Mariella would swear to me up and down, Carol, he's a good boy. I swear he's a good boy. He just can't get away from the neighborhood kids. And I believed he was a good boy because I knew Mariella well enough. And I still to this day believe he was a good boy. But you see, Mariella was able to sneak into the United States through California's very porous open border, which in a way is none of my business. And in a way, I understand. I'm a mom. Um, from that regard, I understand the plight of any mom trying to get her kids to safety, trying to find a better life and willing to work her butt off to do it, which Mariella did. I understand that. I would probably do it in a heartbeat myself. But the problem for Mariella 
was the neighborhood kids. And per Mariella, as she explained to me, they all came the same way. And they were all undocumented immigrants. They were all seeking a better life. But it didn't seem like a better life so far. And the problem here, it's rooted in L.A. and it's rooted in California and their lax border policies. Because you see, the masses are sneaking over the border. And while I don't blame parents for looking out for the welfare of their families, it's not as cut and dry as it seems. Mariella's son came here to the United States when he was 10. He was then dumped into an overcrowded, understaffed L.A. County public school system, which, by the way, is the second largest public school system um, in the country. I want to tell you about L.A. County's pass and fail rate, okay? L.A. County schools. Only 31% of their students are proficient in in math. Only 42% are proficient in English. And over 80% of the L.A. County um, public school system is minority, mostly Hispanic. I'm not saying that means everyone's undocumented. I'm just saying it's a failing school system, and it has been for years. So just imagine, her son's 10, okay? He's a sweet little boy. (laughs) But he is thrown into this school system that's completely overtaxed and not prepared to handle the masses, and he starts failing. He's only 10 years old. He's failing primarily because he can't speak the language. And there's not enough teachers as much as and as great as they are and as much as they try, there's not enough teachers to help him. So he starts failing and his self-esteem is shot. Right there breaks my heart. But then comes along 13-year-old, a little bit older than him, with a certain swagger, cool sneakers, cool clothes, who speaks his language. And Mariella's son, the sweet 10-year-old little boy, he no longer feels so alone. He, he finally feels accepted, and maybe even he feels a little slice of home. But it's not from the overworked teachers. He feels welcomed by the older boys from his neighborhood that have already been indoctrinated into gang life. And yes, there I said it. I know it's hard to hear. But as my story progresses with Mariella, you'll understand why this is so, so near and dear to my heart and upsetting to me. This is what Mariella told me was her son's story, as well as most of the boys in the neighborhood. You know, and I could have looked at him as a hardened gangbanger, as they call it in L.A. Um, But as a mom and as Mariella did, I still see him as a struggling, sweet 10-year-old boy. So, um, and before you jump to saying I'm anti-immigrant, I want to just nix that right now. I want you to think again. One of my husband's best friends' name is Polo, and he lives out in LA. He's an undocumented immigrant. We love Polo. He's one of my husband's dearest, most loyal friends. He's hardworking. He works so hard to give his family the best at everything. And in fact, For the years we lived in L.A., we would have a huge uh, Christmas celebration every year with Polo, his wife, and his four kids. They lived in a one-bedroom apartment. Yes, that's six six people in one bedroom. 
And they would have us over and we would share with them Christmas traditions from the United States. Santa, we'd bring over, you know, gifts. We'd bring over some Santa figures and a Christmas tree to put up with the kids. And then they would educate us on what Christmas was like in Mexico. And his wife, who didn't speak any English, she she showed us love by cooking a great big pork tamale and everything else meal um, that was, you know, straight out of Mexico. And they would explain to us how Christmas in Mexico is much more about religion than it is gift giving. Um, it's about faith versus gift. You know, I'm, I'm not anti-immigrant. Like most of you, I come from a family that descends from immigrants. But to that point, maybe we should take a lesson from Ellis Island or Angel Island, which not many people know was an immigration center out in San Francisco on the West Coast. Because that was a place and time where immigration was controlled. It was controlled so that it specifically set up the immigrants with an infrastructure that could lead them to success, not to be tossed into an overmax school system where, like LAUSD county schools, where uh, Mary Ellis' son ended up, where 17% of the kids drop out, 17%. I'm going to give you some numbers. There's 665,000 students in that school system. Over 113,000 drop out. That's alarming. Something's not working. When our ancestors came through Ellis Island, they were vetted. They had to prove they had a means to work or an ability or a talent to work. They had to pledge allegiance to the greatest flag in this world. And Here's the key. They were given a host family or a contact family. I find that fascinating. They, they were set up, you know, when my, my immigrants, um, great-grandparents came, they were set up with a host family, a contact family from Sweden or Poland, somebody who they could sit down with and, and sort of learn how to assimilate a little bit better into American life, but then also have a little connection to back home to their, to their you know, country of origin. And I can't help but imagine how Mariella's son's life could have been entirely different if he and his family had the support of a host family like our ancestors had. And I will admit, I've done a lot of research on Ellis Island because the story fascinates me. Some of the policies and practices there were very extreme. I don't endorse all of them. But like with most things, they, they just seem to do it better back then than we are now. And so, no, I, I don't believe borders should be open to just anyone. Um, and, you know, on a side note, if you think our drug crisis, especially in San Francisco and Los Angeles, is not fueled by cartels living here undocumented, you are living under a rock. Okay, and I can say that from experience. And I invite you to look up my friend's Twitter. His name is Tom Wolf. And his Twitter account is at T Wolf, like the animal wolf, T Wolf Recovery. Tom is a dad. Tom was a successful businessman. Tom needed surgery and then got hooked on painkillers. And somehow when those ran out, he ended up on the streets, hooked on what I believe was heroin. And he had such a bad addiction that he actually, for a few years, chose life on the streets of San Francisco with the addicts over his wife and children. That's how strong his addiction was. And then after numerous arrests, he, got, he was told, you got to get sober and go through this whole detox 
or you're going to go to jail now for a really long time. He chose sobriety. And now he has a social media account at T Wolf Recovery where he bravely, and I must say brazenly, <laughs> posts pictures of our American kids now in their 20s and 30s shooting up and dying on the streets of San Francisco, where he's from. And not only that, but he names and points out in the pictures who the drug dealers are and what cartels they belong to. I don't know how he has the guts to do it, but he does. His whole point is the cartels are supplying the goods in both Los Angeles and San Francisco. And I will tell you that I will believe Tom Wolf, someone who's lived it and survived it, despite his many faults, obviously. I'll believe Tom Wolf before I believe anyone in DC, whether they're Republican or Democrat. Tom Wolf is an expert on what's going on on our streets and our drug crisis and how much of it is cartel fueled. And I only wish someone in DC would wake up and hire him as a consultant because you can listen to PhDs who have no idea what it's like, or you can listen to someone like Tom. Again, check out his Twitter at T Wolf Recovery. <laughs> to me, he's a drug addict turned hero and he's back reunited with his family, thankfully. Um, and by the way, I'm confused as to how anyone can say, everyone come here, our borders should be open when we all just survived a pandemic. Did we not all just go through two or three of the worst years of our life? Something just unprecedented in this country, okay? And it was a mysterious illness brought from another country that weakened our economy, destroyed families, small businesses, greatly affected our children. So... By the way, it shatters me to think our children know of a term called social distancing. Just think about those words. That's not who we are as American. Social distancing, being scared to be near people, being scared to talk to other people. The whole thing boggles my mind. How can we have just gone through, lost so many people, been so worried about this illness, and then sit up and shout for open borders and unvetted people to come into our country. Just doesn't make sense to me. We're just putting ourselves at risk again. Our kids, our businesses, Americans, and, and sweet kids like Mariella's son. You want open borders, they're gonna suffer in these overtaxed schools that just don't have the resources to handle them. Controlled immigration is likely what got you and your family to the somewhat stable place you are in life right now because resources were available for them. And I, I want to get back to Mariella's son because I want to tell you where his story went. You know, my husband and I were so taken by his, his situation, how young he was, and, and our love for his mother that we, we wanted to help him. We're like, how can we help this kid? My husband wanted to get him a job in the mailroom at his company. And I said, stop, you can't do that. Because if he is involved in gang life, you are now subjecting your coworkers or other people to anything gang life might bring, just like happened in that Venice Park that night. We felt like our hands were tied. We couldn't do much. And Mariella and I had a lot of conversations. And she would tell me that he cries all night because he's pretty sure he's going to prison. And he did. He ended up in downtown LA prison. This is where the story gets entirely twisted and even worse. 
When Mariella would visit him, he would talk to her on the prison phone and he would cry. And he would say, Mommy, I have a stomach ache. And she would be like, well, what's wrong? Are you nervous? Why does your stomach hurt? The reason his stomach hurt is because the rival gang was in the same jail as he was. And they threatened him. And they said, you need to act as our mule. If you don't know what a mule is, I'm going to explain it to you. Mariella's son was basically told that he needed to hide and store the rival gang's goods and money. Um, or else they had people out on the streets that could hurt his mom and his siblings. So clearly he didn't want that to happen. He was forced to hide cash and other things in a body cavity that I don't even want to fully explain to you, but I'll let you think about it because it caused a bad stomach ache. And just when you think it can't get any lower and emotionally disturbing, you know, her son was eventually let out of jail. They passed Prop 57. His robbery wasn't deemed all that bad by LA anymore. But he was out, he was back home, but he was now listed as a felon and he couldn't get a job. So he's back in the neighborhood with the neighborhood kids and the city had counselors, people who could help someone like him getting out of jail um, to help land a job somewhere. Um, but there wasn't much accountability there. Like there isn't with a good majority of LA city workers, by the way. Um, so it was hard to get in touch with anyone or his meetings would go nowhere. So Mariella would ask me for advice. She'd say, Carol, what do I do? He sits around depressed all day, you know, now that he's out of prison. I said, listen, the only thing I could think of is get him out of L.A., get him out of that neighborhood. And she said, how? I said, I don't know. Get have him go to a place of worship, have him go to a church or something similar and just repent his sins and ask somebody in a house of worship for help, because there's a good chance one of them would open their doors and say, we understand your path. And maybe they could help get him out of LA, get him to another state where he could work for a church, you know, a sister church in another place and feel safe and get out of that neighborhood with all those, you know, bad memories and people to lure him back into this dark world. But Mariella told me he wouldn't go to church. He didn't have faith anymore. He didn't believe in God or anything ever since he was 17 and watched his best friend die in his arms. And here's the toughest part to swallow. One day, Mariella came home and she found him crying again. And she said, what's wrong? And he said, mom, I miss prison. I want to go back. Yes. He felt safer in prison with a rival gang bullying him. He felt safer there than he did living on the streets of Los Angeles. The prison system, it offered him structure. They rewarded him for doing chores. He felt a part of something. His self-esteem was lifted even just a tad. And it was that little sliver of hope that was everything that the open, unvetted borders couldn't offer him in California nor could the L.A. County school system, unfortunately. I want to go back to prison. The next time you chant for open borders, I want you to remember that line of a sweet boy who was once 10 and just found the wrong path because he kind of had no choice. I want to go back to prison. I prefer to be back in prison. I think he deserves better. 
Mariella should be here in the United States. She's hardworking. She loves this country. She wants a better life. Polo and his family should absolutely be here. I mean, he makes his kids write down what they want to be when they grow up, and they want to be principals of schools, and they want to be dancers. They're both hardworking. But they need an infrastructure that works for them, not against them. And, and I'm sick of people quoting the Statue of Liberty. Enough already, okay? Give me your tired, uh, your poor, your huddled masses. Blah, I got it, okay? It's a moot point. <laughs> the Statue of Liberty is at Ellis Island. That's when it was controlled immigration, okay? That's, that was, you know, that beautiful poem saying, come here and we have opportunity and we will take care of you to a certain extent. It was controlled immigration at Ellis Island. We don't have that anymore. And I've said it before, and I will always vote for safety. Safety first and foremost. I believe in half of these causes and everything else, but safety is the first thing I will vote for. I voted for Bill Clinton. I voted for George W. Bush. I voted for Barack Obama. I voted for Donald Trump. Why? Because were any of them perfect? Hell no. But at that time, in that year, I looked at the candidates as a fierce independent and said, who's going to make me the safest? Who's going to make me and my family the safest? And at that time, that is who I felt would keep me and my family the safest. I'm not scared of words. Uh, I'm scared of terrorists coming over our border. I'm scared of cartels killing our innocent kids, even, even kids who make a stupid mistake like we all did when they were 16 and they're studying for the SATs and they're nervous and they buy a pill off Snapchat and it's from a cartel dealer who laced it with fentanyl. I'm sick of hearing about the innocent teenager who made one mistake in Hermosa Beach and is found dead by his parents. Same with Manhattan Beach and same with Santa Monica. Sick of hearing about it. That's what I'm scared of. And I'm scared of all these children who are coming here in mass with most of them set up for failure, especially on the West Coast. It's not right. And if you East Coasters want another immigration wake-up call, I want you to Google Chinese maternity hospitals in California and see how foreigners are evading our taxes, are encouraging women to lie to immigration officials, and defrauding our hospitals. And as I said in the beginning of this show, I was a New Yorker. I was border clueless, totally clueless. I regret half the things I used to spout. And then I experienced California. And with that latest example and Mariella's son, my whole, my whole view changed. I'll vote for safety first and foremost, because without safety, we have nothing. Mariella has nothing. Her son has nothing. And you and I have nothing. And if you want to write, and debate me on any of this and who I voted for and why, I am totally open to it. You can email me at carol at hollywoodsportsmom.com. But if you've never become emotionally invested in a young immigrant who you see going down a wrong path and tried to save him from a life of hardcore gang life like I have, or like you're living in the Carolinas or you're living in Vermont or, um, I don't know, Connecticut, <laughs> and you're not in a southern border state experiencing this and seeing it, then chances are you're going to lose the debate with me. I'm just letting you know. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe to Hollywood Sports Mom. Not all of my shows are going to be popular with everyone, and that's okay. I call it Hollywood Sports Mom. It's life. 
and those I met along the way. And Mariella and her son were just two people I met along the way that, that changed me and educated me on something I had no clue on. So thank you for watching. We'll see you next time.